Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Stand Up For The Truth. Hope you're having a good day so far. Can't wait to get to Dr. Scott Lively in just a minute. So much to talk about, including a petition against CDC vaccine bullying and his new article over at WND, A Constitutional Amendment to Prevent Pandemic Tyranny. And we're going to be talking about misinformation and so much more. Father in heaven, thank you for a new day. Thank you for an opportunity to speak your truth. And we pray for more believers in Christ to align with us, to raise awareness about these concerning times we find ourselves in here in America. Uh, It's not surprising to you, Lord, but to some of us and some in the body of Christ, I believe they were taken off guard or caught off guard. So please, Lord, um, give us the wisdom that we need to move forward one day at a time and Follow your Holy Spirit's lead as we stand for truth without apology or compromise and help us to know how to do that, to speak the truth in love in our spheres of influence. And Lord, help your church. We need more watchmen on the wall. Raise up godly leaders, men of God who are unashamed of the gospel and not afraid to address the current controversial issues in our culture and country and around the world, things Christians are going through in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Dr. Scott Lively is a pastor, attorney, author of many books. He's been with us several times. We're blessed to have him back on. He has advocated and modeled the biblical worldview as a writer, speaker, attorney, pastor, human rights consultant, and missionary for more than 30 years on five continents. Dr. Scott Lively, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Great to be back with you, David. Uh, you, You have a great show. Well, thank you for saying that. I know you do a show yourself. You have your YouTube channel. I, we will put that link in our podcast notes to uh, let them hear your, I think you do a sermon or a, a, a version of um, your teaching every Sunday. But Scott, I met you a year ago, and um, I, I've followed your ministry for many years, but I've had the chance to meet you at the Liberty Pastors America at the Crossroads conference in Dallas, Texas last year, and that was a blessing to me. You spoke there along with many other godly men. So I want to start off by just talking about that event, that organization, Paul Blair, Dan Fisher. There's another conference in Edmond, Oklahoma in a few days. I'll be there. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on the importance of this movement because we see the direction of our country, and a lot of it has to do with the lack of influence from the church. So your thoughts right. on liberty pastors and godly Christian leaders. Well, you know, when you talk with people that have been involved in the culture war for any length of time, whether they've just been an observer or they've, you know, at, at any level of involvement in trying to stand up for biblical values, one of the things you hear them lament is the, is the uh, weakness from the pulpit. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and, but that is not a problem with Paul Blair and Dan Fisher and the Liberty Pastors. They are a model of what all the pastors should be doing. Mm. They stand boldly for the truth. They don't flinch, uh, at the things that the world attacks. Uh, they're, they're on the offensive, not the defensive. And yet they're completely grounded in the Word of God. 
uh, unapologetically, unequivocally, unashamedly, and uh, and boldly. And that's uh, I, anybody that has a chance to be there at that conference should go watch the videos. Get your pastor to connect with Liberty pastors, and and get be part of this movement of reclaiming the authority of the church in the United States of America. Amen. Reclaim the church so we can get back to influencing our, our culture. I'm not sure the culture can be reclaimed anymore uh, at this point yeah. in, in our history <laughs> with uh, the influences of uh, socialism plus the advancement of the Christian left, liberal Christianity, and the social justice apostasy. But um, the conference in Edmond, Oklahoma, the 25th through the 27th, but next month, friends, tell your pastor about the conference in September, the 12th, not next month, in September, the 12th through the 15th, near um, Houston, Texas. A lot of speakers are going to be there, and I encourage you to get your pastor this information. Uh, Dan Fisher, Paul Blair, Rick Scarborough, Bog McEwen, Stephen Broden, Alex Newman, Dr. Lee Merritt, and a couple others. So get your pastor information on this. And a pastors, it's only $99 for a pastor and his wife for three days. And it's at a very nice hotel and convention center. So that's in September, libertypastors.com. So, Scott, before the podcast today, our uh, program director w- pulled up uh, your name because uh, want, he wanted to tease the podcast uh, so people can listen live. And he, he pulled up. One of the first things that came up was the Southern Poverty Law Center. You're on their hit list, and it's a badge of honor because they are a hate group themselves, but they call others who believe the biblical Christian worldview haters and intolerant. So share a little bit about your history of being one of the first targets of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Yeah, well, well, first of all, the this this organization has always been sort of a communist front organization. Yes. Even when the work when when they were doing work that we would generally agree with, opposing the KKK and the Nazis. But the, but uh, it was uh, Morris Dees launched the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, using the mailing list and the donor list from the McGovern presidential can- campaign. And uh, he built what is really a gigantic fundraising machine, uh, one of the most successful in, in history. Uh, you know, they've got like a third of a billion dollars in offshore accounts, and yet they're raising money like hands over, just even today. And it's all about generating hysteria among people who are afraid of hate groups. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, um, a lot of Jewish people that, because this is, they've always had a focus on exploiting the Jews, you know, re- regarding their the con- you know, genuine concerns about, you know, uh, Nazi types and all that. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then they discovered in the 1980s or so, uh, early 90s, a new income stream, uh, which was the enormously wealthy LGBT donors, you know, mm, uh, yeah. same people that have funded Hillary and Obama and all that. And, and, uh, and so they started looking around for people to start putting, you know, identifying as hate groups. And Kevin Abrams, my Orthodox Jewish Holocaust researcher, uh, co-author, and I wrote the Pink Swastika Homosexuality in the Nazi Party. And, of course, that was so devastating to the LGBT claims of being a victim group uh, that, uh, that they, we became, I became. They didn't go after Kevin. Uh, he's Jewish. Hmm. They only came after me, and they identified me as, uh, I was like the second or the third Christian to actually get on their list. 
and uh, I've been on there ever since. And then there was a, a journalist that was doing an interview with me about that uh, because uh, he was based in Southern California where my law office had been. I moved. And, uh, and so he was like digging in, you know, local color kind of thing. And, uh, and so he, he's asking me about the Southern Poverty Law Center. And I asked him, go back to them and ask them, what would it take for Scott Lively to be taken off the list? Not that I care. I mean, it is a badge of honor. <laughs> yes. And they came back to him and they said, if he, he would take him off if he recants the pink swastika. So, that's, huh. uh, you, so you know how, how, how much they hate that book, how, how, uh, damaging it is for the that agenda yeah and that book can be found on your website scottlively.net is that correct yes that's right i have a video uh i have the a pdf version of, uh, of a couple of the editions i'm doing it currently a sixth edition vi- video uh, internet only edition that's that's got video and pdf forms and then i'm doing now a a new uh video uh uh, to go along with it, the Pink Swastika Files, in which I'm reading sections of the book. Uh, whenever ever, ever I reach any uh, even remotely controversial uh, assertion, I'm then I'm pulling out the documentation, talking about the the trustworthiness of the source, showing the people where the facts are in these books. It's mind blowing. Mm. Completely destroys the attack that they've made on the book. They you, you talk to any. Any media person says, "Oh, that's been debunked. That's just a flat-out lie." Yes, and uh, and that's so. I've been having a lot of fun with this latest, the Pink Swastika Files. And they can get away with saying, "Oh, those are lies," or "It's not true," because people don't do the research and they believe the leftist talking points. Um, that's right. You've been a voice. In fact, I remember your speech last year. I had to go to their. Liberty Pastors YouTube channel. Listen to it again a couple times. I thought it was so impactful. I love your passion, Scott. Um, there's so many people. I mean, this was one of the earlier battles, other than liberal Christians and, and progressivism getting into the church and then the social justice movement. The LGBTQ was very subtle in getting into the Christian church. Love is love, and you should love you know, the LGBTQ individuals. And of course, we love them, but we want to tell them the truth because we believe the Bible and we want them to be saved. So they need to hear the gospel and there has to be some repentance in order for them to believe the truth of God's word. So thank you for being a voice in this area for years. You've been writing about this. And uh, before we go on to the next topic, is there anything else you want to share to wrap up this point? Well, you know, I, I have a heart of compassion for people who, who struggle with any life challenge, and I've, I've worked with lots of people coming out of homosexuality. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it's the ex-gay passage of the Scripture. It, it puts the scriptural death to the argument that homosexuals are born that way and can't change, yep. uh, because it says clearly, such were some of you, Yes, uh, but, you were, but you were washed, you were changed, by Jesus Christ. It's a mm. paraphrase of the scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Everybody who cares about homosexuals, who cares about standing for biblical marriage, etc., needs to memorize that, that passage. That's right. So, Scott, um, I love what you put on your website. Uh, there's a petition against CDC vaccine bullying. And before we get to that, I went over to Liberty Pastors, went over to Scott, I mean, not Scott, um, Dan Fisher, Paul Blair's church. Fairview Baptist Church, Edmond, Oklahoma, and they've got 
uh, my religious exemption to the COVID-19 vaccine. And it says, I'm a Christian who believes in the New Testament, which teaches that the body is the temple of God. And accordingly, I believe, according to my faith, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's my God-given responsibility and requirement for me to protect the physical integrity of my body against potentially unclean food and injections. And it goes on saying this mandated vaccine with its numerous additives and its novel mechanism for alerting my body or altering, I'm sorry, my body is the equivalent equivalent of a prohibited unclean food contrary to my faith. Your thoughts on this, and I'm thankful for churches that are putting this up here, a religious exemption to the vaccine. Well, that's true, and, and I have uh, I started out by publishing a declaration and doctrine on government health va- mandates, including vaccines, uh, under my first century Bible church auspices, and I published that first, and then we developed a petition based upon that. People can go to uh, uh, my scottlively.net, go to the first century Bible church page, and... Uh, you can actually uh, register to be, uh, to be registered as being in alignment with our doctrine that we posted there. As a, mm-hmm. as a member or a non-member, you can register there, and then if you need it, we will provide you a letter uh, that I, I sign myself that, I, that, that says, yes, you are uh, in alignment with this doctrine, and, uh, and, uh, and I've got some legalese in there about the, re- about the duty of uh, uh, to accommodate uh, religious exemption, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, yeah, P- Paul and, and is doing a, a, a similar one that you just read, uh, but mine is on the site there, too, and it, it's all together. You can, then, you can sign the petition uh, against it that goes to, to certain government officials, and then uh, you, but you can register with the, uh, your, uh, your alignment, your agreement with this particular doctrine. And it's a little broader than what Paul's got. I think it's, uh, I would actually say, if between the two of them, you should, you should uh, do ours. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a broader, deeper, uh, more legally oriented uh, sort of uh, identification, uh, a pursuit of a religious exemption. Okay. Now, so you go to scottlively.net, and there's a navigation bar that says Petition Against CDC. No, it says it's Vaccine First Bible. Century Bible Church. If you go oh, okay, up at the there top of, up at of scottlively.net, there's a button bar, yep. and it says for, uh, First Century Ministries, Got it. and First Century Church is under that, and that uh, will take you right to that page, and we've got quite a bit of material on there. And uh, uh, this is absolutely an essential Christian doctrine, the, do- mm. the, the doctrine of essentially bodily sovereignty. We're created in the image of God, mm. and that we have control over our own bodies, Yes, and that uh, we do not submit uh, uh, to governmental authorities. We don't grant them uh, the, the power to dictate to us what we're going to put into our bodies, what medical treatments they think we should have. We don't have, we don't have to submit to those. Constitutionally, we don't have to submit to those, and certainly biblically, we must not submit to those if it means any any kind of violation of our um, biblical worldview. Well, Scott, w- please uh, for, speak to those who 
have already gotten the vaccine. I would imagine it's a smaller percentage of this uh, audience here, those who are listening to this podcast, Stand Up for the Truth. But there are some who maybe have regret because they didn't do the research at first. And maybe they just thought, well, from what I've been hearing, but again, here's the problem. What you've been hearing in the media or on social media, because a lot of times the truth and the facts and the numbers and the context, aside from the biblical worldview, and what scriptures teach mm-hmm. about, I mean, God, I mean, he gave us an, a natural immune system, right? But aside from that, uh, people have only heard this push almost, yeah, I've never seen the government promote yeah. something like it, this in my life. Yeah, this is, we have entered into a whole new world. This is not the America that we woke up with on on uh, in, in, in 2019, this is not the same America. Mm. The public information systems are firmly in the control of the enemies of the gospel. Yes, right? this is a, it's a, it's a, we have suffered a Marxist coup, and we are living under a, a a dictatorship, a Marxist dictatorship under the putative Biden presidency, and that in which which there is a grand conspiracy of Government, big media, big tech, academia, big pharma, all of the different components of those who, are, who, who hold the religion of humanism, secular humanism, and who are united in the Marxist worldview. They have taken power, and that's why uh, all the, the influencers who are coming from a biblical worldview are being completely suppressed. Yes. And especially especially about what they call medical misinformation, which is, <laughs> which is and it's preposterous. But this, <laughs> we've, we've entered into to, to 1984. It's happening right now. This isn't hyperbole. Mm-hmm. This isn't exaggeration. This isn't, you know, the slippery slope, you know, this might happen. We are there now, and they are working to consolidate the power that they already have. There's a short window. There's the potential for clawing back the republic that was stolen from us in 2022, because there's enough of the infrastructure left of the of constitutional republic system. Uh, there's enough of it left in order for, conceivably, for us to get it back in 22, but we don't have it right now. And they're working very fast to consolidate their power and eliminate our ability to remove them. And the, and the number one tactic, the number one strategy, mechanism, for for turning us into to serfs is the this medical tyranny hmm. the, the pandemic yep. and this has been this is they, they've set this up all along but it doesn't didn't start with the pandemic it right. started with the 2030 agenda uh, at the United Nations in 2015 Pope Francis and uh, Obama united together to launch that uh, system for bringing about global government it's, it's voted in it's being implemented, and uh, and the pandemic is just the way that you break the resistance of the world and force them to submit to global control. Yes, and we've talked about the Great Reset and how far back this goes in their plans and agenda. Um, Scott, on your petition against the CDC vaccine bullying, you've got a couple of very important points that— mostly in the past, we would have said, oh, of course, you said the CDC has made no allowance for people with natural immunity to decline the vaccine, and the CDC has made no allowance for people with sincere religious objections 
to decline the vaccine. I'm looking at articles, and I'm sure you are too, where there are schools coming back in the fall demanding, especially at the university level, demanding all the students be vaccinated before they even can attend. And now they're talking about children in grade schools. We're going to talk about that when we come back. We've got to take a break, but more with Dr. Scott Lively. We're going to talk about a constitutional amendment to prevent pandemic tyranny, his recent article at WND, and also maybe the left overplayed their hand with this alignment with big tech social media giants. Did the Biden administration unintentionally help President Trump's lawsuit against the big tech giants? We'll ask Scott Lively in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Dr. Scott Lively is our guest today. Again, you can go to his website and look up that petition against CDC vaccine bullying. But we are going to talk about his uh, constitutional amendment to prevent pandemic tyranny. He's offering some guidelines uh, to avert what he calls shameful government overreach next time around. And there will be a next time. But Scott, I, I talked about this before we took a break. The Biden administration openly aligning with the powers of private corporations, social media giants. Did they overplay their hand? Because Ted Cruz seems to think that, uh, th- well, this is, of course, unconstitutional, but here you've got private companies carrying out government policy. And as an attorney and pastor, I want to get your take on that. Well, that's exactly right. If you're op- acting as an agent of government, then you fall under the same restriction that government has. Government can't... Uh, can't uh, operate through somebody else, you know, and, uh, without uh, putting them in the same uh, frame, and that's what's that's what's been going on. And I, and I think that could, is enough to break the uh, twenty thirty or the, me, the section two thirty immunity that that they have. But hmm. the real the 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 the, uh, the linchpin of this is the judiciary. Because if the, you know, the, the enormous, one of the, one of the big things that we've seen over the past uh, couple of decades and is the, the, the degree to which the judiciary has been given over to blatant partisanship. Uh, and that, in fact, every time there's a news story these days, um, you just basically, the, 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 the person, the, the president who nominated the Supreme Court justices or the federal judges is identified because it's sort of like the scork it's sort of like the blue team or the red team and and depending on which team that is you're going to get the result that you want mm. uh and because it's all ideological now and that and and here's a the, the, a really serious problem that nobody really talks about and and that is that the, the core of the marxist system set up by L, lbj years and years ago uh, is the control of the population centers uh, through the, the entitlement programs. So the government collects these vast, vast reservoirs of tax money and then distributes it to those who are taking care of the poor and the needy, supposedly. Uh, and, that, of course, that's all the inner cities. That's, all, that's why they're all the deepest blue areas in the whole country. And what they do is they spend as little of that money as possible on the poor and the needy, and the rest of it goes to build and maintain a permanent socialist voting block made up of public employee union members. And it's, and that those public employee union members, uh, then just put the same people back in office, you know, and they, and it's, uh, so you got two groups that are both, um, getting their, their money from the taxpayers. They're both sitting on the same side of the negotiating table. 
and they keep each other, uh, take, they take care of each other, and the taxpayer foots the bill. But consider who these, like the next step past this, and who are some of these public employee unions? Well, one of them, uh, one group of them, are the, are the, the, the clerks and the administrators of the judicial system. Hmm. Right? They're all public employees. Yes. They're all aligned with the hard left. So when it comes time for a case that comes into the court to get to be given to a judge who's going to decide the case, who do you think they're going to give it to? Now there's supposed to be a, a it's it's supposed to be sort of a random, right, roll the dice or whatever, but it doesn't work that way. These guys are in the system, they know how to manipulate the system. That's why all of Trump's cases, almost every single one of them, went to an Obama appointee. Uh, or some other leftist, and they all got sort of knocked down on procedural grounds. Yep. Uh, so that's so. So this once again, all uh, everything comes down to the ethics of the people who are sitting in the gatekeeping positions across our society. I'm glad you put it that way. The the ethics of the people sitting as the gatekeepers. In other words, they're they're deciding what information gets out and where it goes and how to direct it which is communist policy. That's what dictatorships and communist nations do. I remember uh, Trevor Loudon saying at that conference last year and in, in many of his speeches, this is communist policy. Um, and this is a, yeah. it, it's, it's the tactic of information. And didn't uh, Orwell had a quote about those who control the language and control the information really do control the culture? I kind of paraphrased that. Right. Well, of course, Orwell was exposing socialism having been an insider, saw what it was really like, and then he writes 1984 and other books (laughs) in order to awaken people to the reality. Mm -hmm. He says, hey, you know, hey, this is not what it seems. And, and of course, you know, that's, you know, 1984 was written, what, 1940s. You know, we're in a well past 1984 on the calendar, (laughs) and, uh, and, and yet we're in the, we're living it, you know, where words don't mean anything. Words they just like infrastructure, right? Even when you get outside of the social policy, what the Democrats have done with their massive multi-trillion-dollar so-called infrastructure bill, they've got this uh, this homosexual activist uh, Buttigieg uh, sitting in there, and who is just simply redefines the term to, so that it fits anything that they want to do. Yes, and this is this is another one of those uh, situations where uh, where the. Um, uh, I, Get away from that uh, ringing phone. That's all right. Uh, I, the um, whoop, there's another one in here. I'm I'm at my <laughs> mom's apartment. She's, uh, uh, so anyway, this is the way it's have to put up with it. But um, uh, and now I've lost my point. Well, the point I'm, I'm looking at a couple Orwell quotes in 1984 by controlling the language. Well, Big Brother controls the way people think. And Scott, this is what's happening today when we've got a government that is aligning with. Um, the information lords, so to speak, or the overlords, we're in a. Vi- I don't. I don't know that most people recognize the dangerous place that we're in as a formerly free republic. When you've got quotes coming out of the White House press secretary and, and the press conferences saying they are, they have met with social media platforms and they are increasing research on disinformation they are also tracking increasing tracking they're also quote flagging problematic posts from facebook and right. they are determining what is disinformation in other words if you're you don't align with the leftist or progressive or socialist 
or Great Reset or UN globalist worldview and that policy, then you're you're probably going to be suppressed or censored. This is very dangerous. What can people do about this? Well, there's not a whole lot that you can do about that. I mean, we're, we are, this is, I've, I've been saying all along that, uh, that the last generation of Christians is going to be like the first generation, uh, and that uh, what we're headed toward very rapidly is a modern version of the Roman Empire, a military dictatorship uh, and uh, you know, built on Plato's Republic. You know, that's, uh, people don't realize that fascism was actually uh, articulated as a system by Plato in his book, The Republic, in which there are three classes of people. There's the philosopher kings, which are sort of, you know, that's, they're the elites, like the one percenters, and their sort of royal court that surrounds them. You know, they, they make all the decisions. They're the wise ones. They're the ones who have their agenda. And then, then the second class is the military, which is essentially the modern uh, version of it would be the police state that keeps everybody in line, and all the rest of the people are basically serfs, mm. and that uh, you are there to be a cog in the machine. Uh, you're there to serve the purposes of the elite, and that's where we're almost there right now. Yep. And so what did the Christians do in that environment? Well, they kept their heads down. They met in the catacombs. They they communicated uh, con- uh, covertly with the fish symbol and other things. They stayed out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they led people to the Lord, and they and they looked forward with great longing to His return. And that's uh, and I think that's that is actually a prophetic. Um, that's prophetic to us across the centuries. They didn't know that he would tarry this long, mm, yeah. and yet here we are, and I think that's what's happening right now, is we're watching this develop around us, and we need to have this the mentality of the first century church. There's going to come a point where there's no more fighting anymore, where, there's, where, there's, where, where resistance is futile, truly futile. Uh, that, you know, the, the Christians, and that's why Jesus said to them, you know, if they, if they ask you to, you know, to, to walk them, carry the cloak for a mile, you carry it too, right? Was that, what, why? Because he's basically saying, in this environment of Roman military dictatorship, there is no opportunity to be able to resist that. Mm-hmm. So you show your Christian heart and charity by just simply being submissive to that, while at the same time you are showing the love of Christ to the people. That's very different than, than our generation, or our parents' generation, where Christianity has a completely different flavor, where we live under a constitutional republic yes. in which the people are the government, and we have the duty to be a terror to evil and things like that. But once that switch flips completely over, uh, then, 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 uh, then there's nothing you can do yeah. at that point. And so, and, but we still have a, 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 a short window that's still left. Mm-hmm. Where we could claw it back if the Lord allows it. Yes, but this may mm-hmm. just simply be the prophetic uh, timetable unfolding, and uh, and He's just and He's not going to give us favor in those things because His plan is going to work out the way it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you put it that way. If the Lord allows, we can do all the fighting and the working and everything we can try to do as citizens of this country, and God can still say, well. Uh, the time has passed, and um, one thing I've, I wanted to ask you about, Stefan Broden last year um, used the words power elites, 
of these people that are in charge. When you hear power elites, you think about, uh, I don't know, Bill Gates or someone at the UN or, or in, in these conferences over at the UN where they've got the Great Reset planned out and all that. But we're looking at power elites right here in our own country and yeah. I think we don't recognize that. And, and Scott, they've been brilliant in their campaign of words to frame what's going on. They've used this. How often have we heard in the last year, quote, we're all in this together from yeah. Hollywood, <laughs> celebrities, rich celebrities yeah. protected by security on television commercials to the uh, elite Democrats who, who are pushing some of this to the blue state. We're all in this together. Well, no, the person who lost their business because of COVID shutdowns, they're not in this together. Those who want religious exemptions for a vaccine, they're not in this together. Those who don't want to send their kids back to government schools to wear masks for seven hours a day, they're not in this together. And you could go on and on down the list, but they've really duped enough people to believe yeah, we're all behind this. Isn't that fascinating? Well, yeah, that's how Marxist dictators operate, right? Once they have the ability to control the top level, then they impose their will on everybody else. And then and whenever there's any dissent, they stomp it out. That's what this whole narrative is about the insurrection, of what they're calling an insurrection on January 6th. It wasn't an insurrection. Right. Uh, and, and, and I think when the, if the truth ever does come out, it's, uh, we're going we're gonna to find that the whole thing was orchestrated by the FBI and Antifa and Nancy Pelosi, mm -hmm. uh, and they suckered a bunch of over-eager uh, Trump supporters who, uh, 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 who, who were, are, became the patsies, and they're the ones sitting in jail right now, rotting away 23 hours a day in solitary confinement as if they're murderers. Yeah. Uh, Fascinating. And, yeah. And, and what they did, what Trump was so masterful at outmaneuvering them through his four years that, uh, that he essentially forced them all out into the open for the first time. And they had to, they had to complete their coup in front of everybody. Uh, uh, but they did it. They had no choice, really, to, 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 to pursue their agenda. They had to come out. They had to do it. They had to be to blatantly cheat, uh, knowing that when, they, that when when they had their man in control of the House, when their team was in control of the White House in addition to everything else, then they could just simply rewrite the history uh, to, to suit their, themselves. And that's what's, that's what's going on right now. All the stuff of the of the, the spinning all of the, the words and spinning all the uh, everything that happened on January sixth and all that it's all lies. Well, it's 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 lies and truth mixed together. Uh, that's the way the devil works the best. There's always a little truth mixed in uh, to sort of uh, make make it plausible, and uh, and then and that's what they're doing. They're rewriting history yep. right in front of our eyes, and anybody that gets in the way. They're silencing. They're censoring them. They're taking them down in some other way, and uh, you know, and the, and, the, and the window is shrinking for yes. us to actually be able to to take it back. Yes, it is, and we're going to have to pick up this conversation on the other side of the break. Where we've got a break in three minutes, but we want to get to your uh, constitutional amendment to prevent pandemic tyranny. And could you just walk us through that? I've got the bullet points on it in front sure. of me. The articles at yeah. WND. Go ahead and uh, start talking, taking us through that. Well, it's just the idea that, uh, that, and this would be for a constitutional amendment instead of a statute, because a constitutional amendment at the state or federal level is the only thing that has the ability to override the judges. Huh. Uh, and, and it also can't be changed by the legislature. 
uh, without the people's consent. Uh, and so you said so that's why you go with the constitutional amendment. Okay. And basically saying that anytime there's a public health emergency that lasts longer than 30 days, and you have to have some reasonable time for government to be able to act in our interest without having to get a referendum, right? Uh, but at, but within 30 days, they should have enough of the data to be able to, to say what it is, what's going on, what's happening, etc. And at, from that point, if they're going to extend one of these, uh, any whatever it is that they are requiring past 30 days, they have to accommodate the will of the people. It's essentially putting the public health authorities under the supervision and control of the, of the citizens. Mm. And it's a system for doing that. That's the, really the essence of this whole idea. The, the only power that they have is delegated to them by us. That's what a constitutional republic means. Wow. No, they don't, they don't <laughs> act like that. That's they right. haven't acted like that for a long time, but that is, that is the very definition of a constitutional republic. We delegate to certain people by electing them uh, and letting them appoint other people under them uh, to serve in our interest subject to our approval. Hmm. And, uh, and so uh, this amendment uh, then addresses the points of how practically that can work. And, uh, and so that's, uh, those are the details of it. And yeah. if you want to talk about the particular bullet points. Uh, yes, let's do that, because it's, it is astounding, I think, to most of us, especially anyone who's been paying attention or has been informed, that the abuse of the Public Health Emergency Act or IDEA is, is actually astounding in America, in our country, the abuse of that. Because what you just explained, the people should have the power here. The governed the people do have the power. Well, it's, it, just, it's been it's been usurped. Exactly, from us. we do have the power. Exactly, but we don't realize it. I think we've surrendered, and we've got to uh, get back yeah. to raising awareness about what what is actually how our government is actually set up and how it works. So we'll talk about that a little bit more with Dr. Scott Lively when we come back about the People's Protection from Medical Tyranny Act, and a lot more. Um, I know we've, you've got concerns. I'm also going to ask him, just to, toward the end of the podcast, w- you know, what advice he would give you or a loved one who might be facing vaccine mandates at your place of employment or at your child's school. More with Scott Lively in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Scott Lavi is our guest, and we're going through a uh, constitutional amendment to prevent pandemic tyranny. And I hope most of you would agree with that terminology that there has been pandemic tyranny and the way that those in power have abused their power using the public health emergency <laughs> lasting a whole lot more than 30 days. What are we in now? Are, are we still trying to flatten the curve, Scott? But uh, let's. Yeah, that was, what a big, what a joke that turned <laughs> yes, out to be. Exactly, right? joke on us. Yeah, I know. But well, let so me sad. just let me just read you some of the verbiage here. Sure. To, uh, carefully constructed from the day in which a public health emergency is declared or any other event occurs triggering emergency public health related powers by any government actor. All government officials and their surrogates, including any private sector actors acting in concert, shall have an affirmative duty to take effective, fully transparent, and measurable steps to determine the will of the people Mm. regarding emergency response policies in any actions impacting life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness, 
so that at the end of the first 30 days, the will of the citizenry may be objectively measured and followed. Hmm. And then no public health emergency policy shall be extended beyond 30 days that does not at minimum accommodate the rights of those citizens who decline to be subject to them. And any such policy shall be narrowly tailored to impose the least possible burden on the freedom of the citizens to make their own choices about the risks associated and related to the emergency conditions. Boy, this is all, it seems like common sense, and it seems like something that should have already been on on the books. But I want to go back to uh, what you said about uh, how does this work, How having affirmative duty to take effective, fully transparent and measurable steps to determine the will of the populace regarding emergency response policies. How would they do that? Well, I mean, we do it all the time. There are public opinion polls, things like that. It would be something a little more formal, mm-hmm. like a like a citizen um, uh, chat room or citizen... Town halls? Uh, check-in. Or? Yeah, not even a town, but, but more like, you know, a, 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 a website that, that, uh, that in which public comments can be made by the citizens one time regarding the, the policy, not... Okay. Uh, it's 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 an easy kind of thing to do within the internet age. Okay. And here's the here's the a really important thing to remember is that what I'm talking about here is not like an election where you find out the majority will and then you do it because we could, you know this 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 wouldn't work that way. You can't okay. in 30 days. But what you do uh, provide the opportunity for is for uh, regardless of what percentage of the population is the people who don't like it have a chance to be able to say, I don't like it, and, I'm, and I don't want to be subject to it. And then, whatever, and, then, and then the more people that do register, the greater the pressure on government to make sure that their policies are not stepping on their toes. I would never have, have, uh, have been, been willing to do most of the things that they have been mandating us to do. That's right. uh, it's my body. It's my choice whether I want to take the risk of getting COVID nineteen. You can't tell me that I can't that I I'm forced to wear a mask walking in a public space in in in, uh, in with nobody else around me. You can't do that. That's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Now, if you say that I need to wear one when I go to visit somebody in the hospital, uh, or if I've got symptoms, right? If I'm coughing and stuff, then then maybe you can say you can f- force me to take measures not to pass something else on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but any of those policies that you want to impose on me, we all get to decide that's right. whether that's something we're going to put up with or not. And I ran for governor of Massachusetts. And when the, when the pandemic hit, uh, I was having email exchanges with people in Massachusetts, I'm not there anymore, uh, about what I would have done so much differently than Charlie Baker. Mm. And right out of the gate, what I said was, you sequester and quarantine the highly vulnerable, and you leave everybody else free to live their lives. So instead of putting a blanket control system over the entire society yeah. and locking everybody down, yeah. police, under you know, uh, you, you create safety zones, and anybody whose concern can go there and live under those conditions with the highest amount of security. And let those who prefer freedom take the risk and, and go about their business and their lives uh, the way they want to. That would have solved it. Mm. We, would have had, we would have had less loss of life, 
we, because the, all the resources would have been focused on just the people who really need it, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 we wouldn't have had our economy collapse, oh boy. and they wouldn't have been able to force all these changes in the electoral uh, election policies that allowed them to cheat yes. uh, in in November. Mail-in balloting and everything else. But Scott, something that you said in that paragraph on public health health officials, in other words, government determining social interactions of the citizens we had let's let's refresh people's memory on what some blue state governors were implementing during holidays thanksgiving and christmas you had to show up you had a certain number of people in california i think they had a uh, emperor newsom said you had to meet outside for thanksgiving it had to be in single serve containers there had to be hand sanitizer you had it's, it was actually unbelievable what uh, gretchen whitmer in michigan was doing some of these governors determining social interactions at people's homes this is how far they pushed it and right. I, there just wasn't enough resistance to it. So I'll let you continue and go through more. Well, and there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough data to support that. Exactly. Right? They exactly. were treating this like it was the bubonic plague. It's a disease with a ninety-nine percent survival rate. Uh, it's it's preposterous that they got away mm-hmm. with the level of restrictions that they did. And even now, the the, the doctors, professional. Uh, uh, immunologists and virologists and others, you know, some of the ones who even in- in- invented some of the methods uh, are have been saying, no, this is wrong, this is wrong, you don't have to do this, children are not vulnerable to this, uh, it, 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 if you don't have comorbidities, it's very, very low risk. All those people got suppressed and censored and shut down That's so right. that they couldn't interrupt. So it's what that tells you, and what also what uh, when you see that they do not allow for natural immunity, yes, how can they possibly get away with that? Well, they're God. You have to get right. That, that's it, because it defies rationality, <laughs> and it shows you that there's a there's a different agenda at play. This is not about protecting the public. No, this is about enforcing s- compliance to governmental authority, and that's why this is and because there's a bigger agenda at play. This is about breaking the will of especially of the americans we're the most independent-minded people in the world mm-hmm. probably in history and that this is about breaking our moral backbone breaking our resistance in order to so that we will be willing to submit to external controls and uh and it's, it's, so it's and it's happening as fast as they can implement it uh, regardless of how many people oppose it regardless of how blatant how transparent some of their uh, irrational uh, arguments are that just doesn't matter and that all that is proof of a of a bigger agenda absolutely and and they did force compliance but here's the interesting thing interesting thing scott it also affected the churches because we were deemed we meaning uh, biblical christianity evangelical churches we were deemed non-essential last year yes that was an eye-opener to me going, wait a minute, the church of the God of the universe, our Lord Jesus Christ, is deemed non-essential? Do you know how much yeah. Christianity has done for the world, let alone for America? Well, and, Christian, the, the church is sovereign. Yes. Even, even those points, even if we didn't do anything for the society, the church is sovereign. It's a separate Good power point. base for, of humanity. Good point. Uh, and that's why that's why one of the one of the biggest problems that we face. One of the reasons where where we're at 
is the church submitting to the idea of having to register with the government and to and letting the government give us a form that we have to take corporate form right that's what a 501c3 is it's you are registering as a corporation hmm. right and and that you and subject to government supervision and limitations that's that, that's the that was the beginning that was the, the, the top of the slippery slope that we're mm-hmm. now at the bottom of uh, but the church in reality the church of jesus christ is sovereign separate and what they call the separation of church and state is actually i'm going to throw in a big archaic legal word here <laughs> it's actually the coadjuvancy of church and state mm-hmm. co-equal partnership uh of of stewards of human society the church and the state are supposed to be, and, and always intended to be, cooperating together as equal partners in a in the society, not the church being subservient Amen. to the government. Amen. That's the way it's set up in America. That also affects the right to freedom of speech. Scott, do you see what's happening in Canada coming down to America. I mean, I just think about the story of Pastor Tim Stevens, and uh, he was arrested. He spent 18 days in jail. Uh, he was literally in cages, and, and but he was able to actually minister to a lot of the prisoners there. But he's gonna. the case is not over because he said in an interview recently the Canadian government seems to want to punish him even further, even though the pandemic is not at the same place it was a year ago. Do you see what's happening up there coming to America where they're going to start punishing any pastors or church leaders who will resist government? Yes. It's, you know, we have, we're the only country in the world with the First Amendment. And uh, so that is, that's hard for them to get around right now. Mm. Uh, but once they have, and, and, they're, and they're holding back right now, as, as much as we see them, and it seems they're going 90 miles an hour, uh, they are actually, they are holding back because they know the 2022 election is the, still has the potential for derailing them. Hmm. But once that's over, we get past 2022, and we, when we did not take the country back, and I mean, in a major, major substantial way, then, uh, then all the restraints will be off. They will just simply redefine the Constitution. They'll remove judges that they don't like. There won't be any limit to what they can do because they will rewrite the rules. As long as they have the power to do it and they can act with impunity, then they're going to do whatever it takes. It, it, even if it goes to something like a Bolshevik uh, thing in the Soviet Union or, 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 or Mao, it, it, it won't matter to them because mm-hmm. the end always justifies the means for them. Okay, Scott, one more question, and I'm so sorry that we were running out of time. Um, If listeners right now have either a job where they're going to demand a vaccine, there's a mandate at their kid's school uh, or other location, what recommendations can you give? Well, register with First Century Bible Church that you're in agreement with our policy. Go to scottlively.net, find the First Century Bible Church page, read the Declaration and Doctrine on Government Health mandates including vaccines if you are in agreement with it register and then when you are when you are subject to a demand by your employer i personally will issue you a letter that says that you are that you are a either a member of the church and 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 even if you become a member of the church it doesn't mean you can't be a member somewhere else we we don't that's not a problem or you can re- uh, register as a non-member and either way the letter says the same thing 
and, uh, and, and that will go to, and we've already had people use that successfully. Wow. So you uh, would be the clergy uh, representative. Right. That, okay. Uh, and, and, but it's the doctrine that is, see, constitutionally, Americans have a right of religious exemption. That's right. Just think about, think about the, the um, uh, Christian scientists, right? The people that didn't want to, take, to have their blood drawn, stuff like that. There's a huge body of cases mm-hmm. uh, in which the Constitution recognizes a right of religious exemption, especially regarding medical matters. And so uh, that's the strongest possible position that you have to resist a vaccine. And this isn't a vaccine anyway. This is a medical treatment. Technically, experimental. yes. Experimental. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so and with this letter, you, can, you have a basis for demanding a, a religious accommodation, right? Okay. And does it mean that they're going to grant it? But <laughs> once you have demanded it, then you can file legal action on the grounds that they're that they're discriminating against you, uh, against your religious beliefs. That's very strong. Okay. And if you get the right attorney, you can probably knock them back. You might even get a, a, a financial settlement out of it. Interesting. Uh, so, but you have to assert it. Okay. And you have to. You, you basically have to show a sincere religious belief that's why registering is an important thing because you took before it happens right if you do it after it happens at least they could they could come out and say oh you're just making this up you know and you could you you still would likely win if you got a good attorney that pushed Mm -hmm. because they who are they to tell you that it isn't sincere that's right Uh, but but in terms of just having your ducks in a row you may you put it down or have your own pastor put something together uh but but get yourself on record yes that uh, where where that you, where you can demand religious accommodation and have the strongest possible argument to go after them if they refuse. Scott Lively net. Look that up, brother. Thank you for your time and for all the work you do. We'll be in touch with you, brother. Thank you again. Bye now. God all bless. right. We'll let you know who our guests are next week on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it here. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. I'll be at the conference for the pastors in Oklahoma next week, but you will hear rebroadcasts of shows. You can listen live, standupforthetruth.com. Listen live, and you will hear Pastor Paul Blair, Doreen Virtue, former New Ager, Bill Perkins of Compass International, and Alex Newman of Liberty Sentinel and The New American. That's next week. Hopefully I'll give an update uh, before Friday when I get back on the conference. Thank you again, guys. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.